2: Wrestling Inc. on a Wednesday night, January 29th of 2020. I am Justin LaBar, being joined alongside Wrestling Inc.'s owner Raj Geary and The Blueprint, Matt Morgan. Gentlemen, how are we doing?
3: fan freaking <laughs> It's
2: uh
0: Yeah, everyone around me is sick, but uh, other than that, I'm doing great.
3: <laughs> I-, I got it like a few days ago. And, like, I didn't throw up. I kept having, the, like, the saliva all fill the mouth, which tells you you're about to throw up, get near a toilet or garbage can. It didn't come. And then the next day, my kid had it. He was throwing uh, up.
0: Yeah. Everyone's – it it's, seems nationwide. Just everywhere people are just get, having a flu or a cold. I'm, like, staying quarantined, trying not to talk to anyone. <laughs> 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 just well. Just – You know, streaming.
3: (laughs) Am I a heel? Would I be a heel? Let me ask you guys this. As an elected official, I shake literally hundreds of people's (laughs) hands every day. Am I a heel if I pull out sanitizer?
1: No. uh... Isn't
3: isn't that a wrestling gimmick? Like a total heel wrestling (laughs) gimmick?
0: Didn't Hillary Clinton used to do that? And Trump. Trump doesn't like uh,
2: shaking hands either. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine how many he might shake a day? Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, isn't isn't, isn't Vince a germaphobe? Doesn't he like to not touch the hand much? I can't
0: yeah. blame them. <laughs> I don't know who's been white, you know, washing after they're done in the bathroom.
2: <laughs> you know? Put it put it away, pal. Don't right. know where it's been. Right. <laughs> All right. So flu, saliva, coronavirus, whatever you have, hunker down and enjoy us in nice and a uh, confined sanitary environment. AEW versus NXT tonight. Uh, Raj, where are we going to start? Where do you want to
0: go? Uh, why, why don't we start with NXT this week and mix it up a little? I, th- I thought both shows... You know, we're, we're there. They were, you know, their normal run of the mill, good shows. If you liked NXT, I'm sure you'd like tonight's episode. Same with AEW, but nothing nothing really out of the ordinary for either of those. So mm-hmm. let's just go with NXT. All
2: right, let's jump in here. Uh, so we go to Full Sail University and we kick it off with some action. This is a little bit different than what AEW did. We get a uh, match here to start off NXT tonight Finn Balor versus Trent Seven. Uh, this did go a two segment uh, match, I meaning they put a commercial in between there. So Plenty of action going back and forth here, uh, but obviously no real surprise here. Finn Balor, ultimately, uh, with his 1916 DDT, gets the pin for the victory. Um, uh, Matt, did you get to catch this match? uh, and Reaction? No. No. Okay. Yeah, I did. Oh, you did? Okay.
3: Yeah. Um, How did you get no out of that? I thought I heard you say no. Oh. No. No. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't looking at you. Oh, okay. um, First of all, sweet hat. What what are you doing here? Why are you rocking that hat?
2: Yeah, Raj, why are you walking rocking? Me?
3: That, hat? <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Justin. Very good. I'll leave you alone now because that was very well. Very, very that was very fast on the on your feet.
1: Yeah, it
3: was. All right. All right, really quick. Um listen, I, this this was a they started off with action, which is a good way to start a show, right? But did any of us have any doubt like that? I'm having a hard time watching these shows without comparing them because I'm watching them side by side, literally. So I don't know if I'm supposed to be watching this show and judging it versus what's going on at AEW at the time. I feel like I have to because that's how I'm watching the show versus just watching one and then watching, like, you know, two hours later, watching the other by itself. So for that reason, uh, I'll, I'll give you my judgment on this. I thought that it was a good match, it was incredibly predictable. Predictability in wrestling isn't always bad either, I'd always argue. But mm. this – come on. Did anyone think Trent Simon had a snowball's chance of hell beating Finn Balor? The other argument could be made is, well, this was a good way to start off NXT because it's Finn Balor. He's the biggest star in that company. Right. So the match itself was obviously what it was. What am I going to say that? None of you guys already are going to say. It's a great executed match, great psychology. Crowd's always into it. Um, Finn is freaking nasty. I, I just – I don't know if I feel bad for him for being down there or not. I know I shouldn't be saying down there because they're equal footing NXT and Raw Smackdown, but yeah, see, Justin. But (laughs) Finn Balor, I just thought, would be building for WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like, he'd be one of the top five to 10 guys in WWE that they'd be sending WrestleMania around by now.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think Finn, he gave NXT a bolt when he came in, but. I think that star power could be better used on, and I'm going to keep calling it the main roster until they have the same contracts. Uh, it's,
2: there's a difference, but, um, mm,
3: that's a good point about contracts. Actually. Yeah. Finn, um,
2: Finn's still making the same money. And he's Finn down is, there. He, not,
3: is, he is. yes. Yeah. But his, you know, his compadres that he's wrestling with.
0: Not necessarily. Yeah, Tegan Knox isn't making the same, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, the match itself was good. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to repeat myself about the look of a of NXT. Uh, I, again, I feel like
3: purpose. They do this on purpose, though, Raj. That they <laughs> want it to look like that.
0: Uh, well, it's going to keep hurting the show. I mean, they're getting creamed now uh, in 18 to 34 by AEW.
3: Uh, Don't AEW. you think it's because AEW puts on a cooler, hipper, like hipper? God, I'm yeah. Old. I said the word <laughs> hip. Oh my God, I'm old. Um, edgier cooler more with what the fans want yeah they're, they're not the hit bracket wrestling
0: for sure but i think if if aew was in full sale and had that same yellow lighting and the darkness and every week mm-hmm. that would hurt and nxt meanwhile had the the bright look and the, mm-hmm. the livelier atmosphere and you know the arenas i think it would be you know it would switch i think I'd right switch. just from that nxt would seem like the the hipper of the two
3: okay
2: I, well, I, I think I don't think it's going to take long in this calendar year until we start seeing NXT, at least on a bi-weekly period, being in bigger arenas. So, well,
3: uh, isn't that the whole point, though, of them being a third brand? Remember, this is a company with three brands, mm-hmm. so they have to differentiate them. We always say we hate the fact that SmackDown and Raw feel like the same damn show. One's blue, one's red, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the Move to Fox, I do think, has changed that aesthetic a little bit for SmackDown. Uh, actually, a lot with the graphics. Um, yeah. But NXT is a complete different animal. I get when I watch that show. I I, I don't know. I kind of liked it.
0: I, I, I used to like I, NXT. Used to be um, back before they went to two hours on USA. I used to really enjoy it because it was not meant to be a main roster show. It was just something right. you could watch here and there when you wanted to. It's one hour. It was short. It looked. I Tomorrow mean, it was different.
3: Superstars today, like right, we love watching that.
0: Yeah, too. exactly. It was not. Meant to be, um, you know, a show you're really supposed to be all that invested in. You know, it's it's a nice it was a nice feature for the WWE Network. But now up against, uh, you know, an AEW Dynamite and and being compared, you know, being on national television in two hours now. It's no it's no longer that fun little show you could watch here and there. Um,
3: That indie band. That you know, everyone you know loved when they first came out, and you thought you're the only one who liked them. Then everyone started liking them, you're like, Stop liking them, that's my band. Well, kind of thing, same thing here.
2: I had a friend in eighth grade who was just like that, he thought he owned all these different bands, they're so obnoxious. Uh, I remember
0: when Metallica, when the the Black album came out, and you had all these people who were talking about how they sold out. I was like, Man, look, they're you know, there's this album's like huge, and they're going to... That's
3: when Lars, Lars came out with that, that quote that many, many a wrestler has stolen since then, including Chris Jericho, which is, "Yes, yeah, I love it every night all yeah. around the country, yeah. Right. <laughs> to diffuse that comment when people would say that to them, to Metallica.
2: Yeah. All right, moving on. So we get a Finn Balor win. Uh, we get some promotion of what's coming up later tonight. Uh, interesting little uh, wrestling teaser here is we get some kind of video that shows some numbers uh, that... That at first uh, that, that that looked like they say two five twenty. Um, at, at one point they were in the, actually this first one they were in the order of five two twenty. So maybe you know, May second twenty twenty. But then we get one a little bit later on. So they're flaming circles. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that I guess uh, when they when we get back to it. But a teaser for somebody obviously for some announcement. So we'll get to that. Uh, come back we got Shotzi Blackheart up against uh, Diana Perazzo here. Uh, not too long of a match. Uh, but ultimately Shotzi here getting the win, uh, with a centon splash. Um, you know, good, good woman's match. Nothing much to this really here, but Shotzi Black are a little bit of a role. What do you think of her? I like her look. Um, I didn't think she looked bad in this match, but I mean, she's not, I don't think she breaks into like the top five right now in the women for me at all because there's such a packed, you know, depth of, of roster.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They are that stacked.
0: Yeah. Um. They, by the way, with the those teasers, did you you think um, maybe Killer Cross? That's who I was thinking.
2: Man, because
0: hmm. Killer Cross, he's you know he's doing a couple indie dates with MLW, and then he's pretty much done. Uh,
2: well, I I was thinking Velveteen Dream. If I'm talking about a, a person to show up, Velveteen sure. Dream is to come back.
0: Yeah, but those the, the, those didn't seem to fit him, right? The, the, those,
2: uh, the... I don't know. But it could be
3: it could be some new touch to his gimmick. I don't know. Yeah, uh, either one guy is great. It only helps the, comp- the the brand.
0: Yeah, Killer Cross, you know, he's got the the size that they like. You know, he's got a good look.
3: Um, size that they like. He's he'd be bigger than anyone on that on that roster. Yeah, so, outside of the, maybe like Riddle or someone like that. Like he's he's a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this video this video showed five to
2: twenty, but I believe uh, I believe later when they showed it again in the second hour, when it after it got done scrambling, it said. To 520, which that would be next Wednesday. So uh, it seems something. like a
0: short teaser period, mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe yeah, it nice. just keep showing. Uh, next week, the, it'll just show the following week's number. But
3: Justin, did you really, really like when they were doing that with Sting when he was uh coming back to TNA and like running that date? Do you remember that they were running? They made a, they made a uh, yeah. play, or was it under remember they made a play on that when back in WCW they were doing that with Sting for a while uh-huh. and. I remember uh,
2: yeah, the the yeah the date. Um, what is the date now? Yeah, I remember it was like a, yeah,
0: well Taker, two
2: twenty one, two twenty one was the I think the date.
0: Yeah, everyone thought it was Sting at first because I think there was like I a thought. Scorpion in the first. Well, because uh, you,
2: yeah, because it looked because people were singing up that that teaser that was Taker. It looked very similar to the yeah, the WCW Sting from like Starcade time. And they were talking with Sting at that point. I think they Sting were was, he said he was in talks yeah. with WWE, so. Yeah. Earlier, earlier that year, it was actually reported in like the New York Times or New York Post that Sting Steve Borden at age 51 and had signed with WB, and yeah, he hadn't signed at all. <laughs> uh, all right, so this uh, this leads us into Keith Lee coming out to the ring, your North American champion, of course, coming off of uh, uh, a good showing at the Royal Rumble getting put over by Brock Lesnar uh, in some in some ways. Uh, Lee Lee comes out, has the You Deserve It chant, um, just talks about being – Uh, a moment maker, a game changer, a prophecy ender. And then he's interrupted by Damien Priest. Uh, Damien Priest talking about how he should be uh, first in line here. Uh, He he loves, he loves to steal things, uh, whether it's a group of women or whether it's prize possessions, Uh, he wants the title. And then before he could finish anymore, Dominic Dijakovic comes out, uh, calls uh, Damien Priest a knockoff or bootleg Marilyn Manson, and says that he should be the one with all of his history with Keith Lee going after it. This then, uh, well, first off, I guess real quick, uh what'd you like about this th- th- you know, this dynamic, uh, Matt? I mean three Great.
3: Yeah. Great, all big guys, all yeah superstars physically super what superstars look like. That action figure look that that um when a little kid sits there watch the show in the front row going, Holy bleep, that that's what I want to look like when I get bigger, Dad. Yeah. I used to do it MSG or you know, when we even Coliseum watching W W D F when we were little. But that this wrestling business has lost a lot of, um. So, dude, even if they came out there and farted on that mic, I would have been a fan just because of the three physical, the physical specimens and how incredibly athletic they are, how incredibly good I feel that they are as well. Yeah. Um, really quick on his promos, there's something they're still missing with him. And I, I feel- watched Keith Keith Lee. There's still a thing missing with his promo. I watched his his uh. uh they did a YouTube. Uh, follow up with, uh, through the Performance Center channel, I believe, on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, on his big weekend at some at, sorry, at Royal Rumble, and I don't know, he's not on the mic. He's not. Am I saying he's got to be screaming and yelling? He doesn't. But yeah, there's just something there that's like I don't know if Homeboy's gonna sell me real estate or 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 he's gonna be or he's a wrestler um with with his tone i know that's a very big nitpick but there's something missing no. in his tone can, and how he delivers his promo still
0: i could i could totally see what you're saying uh you know when i tweeted during the segment that these are three guys that they have the tools to be beta vendors on the main roster of like pay-per-view main yep. vendors and there's not many guys in nxt i say that about right, right. Now. um the only thing was when it came promo time and i think damian priest especially i, th- I feel like he's got the look and uh the size, the look, he's got a cool voice. So he's someone I could really see um Vince, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to push. He's just he needs to call like Jake Roberts or you know someone to, and really get those promos down because if he could get that down cuz I thought his promo tonight sucked. Keith Lee, I thought he showed, I thought he was the best of the three of them in showing uh, you know, charisma. I think Dijakovic too. He's got the size, but he doesn't act imposing, and he needs to act his size. He acts like Zack Ryder out there, like, you know, like, yeah, guys, let's go, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he, he should act like a bigger guy, like more imposing, like, you know, play up to his size as opposed to yeah. uh, just every other wrestler.
2: I, I think with Priest's promo, I think one of the things he's going to have to figure out how to do is that all, But prior to this, he's always been kind of like a darker character. You know, The Undertaker's his favorite wrestler of all time. He's always emulated that kind of dark character. This version of what they have him doing in NXT, you know, he's kind of got a little bit of that, like that playboy thing. Hence the video promos they showed of him with women and fast cars and his comment tonight. So I think he just needs to. I think he just needs to find his lane that he's in. Matt, I think you your spot. On. I, I thought something similar with Keith Lee. He he looks great. He moves great. He even has that you know bask in my glory. But then when he has to speak long form, he doesn't sound like he has his identity. He just kind of like his voice. Like he hasn't found like what his tone is, what his volume is, what his cadence is. Yeah. Um, so I, I, think you're, I, I kind of get what you're saying. He just needs to f- figure out the definition of what he, um, what he's supposed to sound like to make it all come together. But yeah, you look at all three of these guys, big guys, physically opposing. Uh, this ultimately then leads to priest and, uh, Dijakovic starting to go at it. it blows ref slides in the ring matches made. Here we go. This match, there was no rest holds. There was no slowing down. They just went right into it. Just wailing at each other. Very entertaining. Um, one of the high points in my opinion of the show, uh, this would lead all, This would lead to some crazy high spots. If you didn't see it, go go check it out. Some crazy spots by these two big guys. Um, ultimately, though, Dijakovic does get the win uh, after his um, after he does a torture rack and then goes right into the Feast Your Eyes. So uh, Dijakovic looks to be the next number one contender for Keith Lee's North American
3: title. It makes sense. They've built-in feud, and they work very well. Usually, guys, when you have two big guys, especially – I don't want to call them green because they've been working for a while, but they are kind of green in WWE. When you have two big green guys working, it's usually end up looking like, like I told you guys in the past, two pigs banging a football. That's what um, they always used to say when I wrestle like Mark Henry in OVW because I was terrible. I was brand new. I had no experience, right? And Mark still didn't have the experience to be leading someone like me through matches just yet. Um, or like me versus Heidenreich or me versus Nitsky. You know, we're all very new and bigger guys. It's harder for us. It takes longer for us to blossom and really pick up on who we are, especially with the in uh, ring psychology still. So it could look really, really bad bowling shoe, ugly really bag, like Jim Ross would say. And so the fact that these two don't ever give those kind of matches they actually they give freaking like damn near five-star performances and it's a great feud they have great chemistry together they break every mold i'll be very honest with two big young guys working against one another they really do
0: yeah in a lot of ways <clears throat> uh, i i kind of in a lot of ways i thought this was my favorite match on the show in the sense that it was different you know like every nxt match you kind of know what to expect, like the Finn Balor yeah. uh, match from earlier. They'll go forever, lots of cool moves, kickouts at two. And it, this was just two big guys just going at it, and you know a lot of big moves. So I, th- I thought that I thought it was really entertaining. I, I liked it.
3: And what I'm saying is the, you know, the venture the, the build up and the eventual match between him and yeah. um, Keithley.
0: Yeah, they they've been doing this feud a lot though so i hope once they do this that they move it's out really
3: of- good it's a real good feud and it's different than the other stuff they got going on the show with four foot ten dudes flip, flip, flying all over the place that are really talented don't get me wrong they are right but they're all the same mold they're all the same generally the same height same weight they're very good workers i've had a really good time lately watching WWE uk because of that i've been getting like my fill, ironically, I thought I'd never watch that show. I just made fun of it, like, I think, like, three weeks ago. <laughs> when you guys were like, hey, you want to cover WWE? I'm like, I ain't cover I'm not watching that card. I don't ever watch it. Well, I <laughs> started watching and I was like, holy crap, they give me all these different flavors. I get so many different flavors when I watch that show, and different body shapes, sizes, voices, characters, promos. They're all different. And, um, I don't know. I'm feeling that show a lot more right now, WWE UK. Hmm. So... Pro
2: Wrestling Buffet. All right, so commercial, and uh, we come back, we see uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, He's uh, backstage with a pipe, and he has laid out uh, the undisputed errors, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong. Ciampa then heads out to the ring, shirts ripped. uh, He's carrying a table, gets in the ring, sets the table up, um, and all of a sudden, uh, Adam Cole comes barreling through the back. He comes out, you know, who the hell are you? Um, Chompa, you know, marking back, but basically he wants that title. He's uh, you know, he wants Goldie back. He's Goldie's daddy, daddy. Ultimately, uh, uh at, at the end, basically leads to uh, Cole getting uh, in the ring and he and Ciampa get into it. Choppa uh, power bombs him through the table. Uh, Chompa even get busted open. I, I must have been Raj. I must have been flicking quite back and forth between this and hockey and AEW. I missed. I saw Cole with the table. Then I looked took back, and is bleeding. I'm not sure how that happened, but he ends up signing the contract fight Adam Cole in blood, so.
0: I missed that too. I was going to ask you how, what, like, did he hit the contract over know. his head? Yeah, I don't Chat. know. Matt, did you? Did you? He, I guess he hit himself with the clipboard. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, we could never say his name, but uh, one of our loyal listeners, uh, <laughs> he hit he hit with the clipboard. So okay,
3: yeah. would you
1: call him Ubenluge? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: He's always he's, he's always on. He's he's one of, yeah. He's definitely one of our loyalists. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> yeah. got great uh, great
2: comments too. Yeah. So yeah. So Ciampa getting to do a little bit of uh. And to be fair, he no, signed the in... mic. Sorry, oh,
0: Adam okay. Cole hit him with the mic. That that mic busted him open.
2: Um, and the fans were chaining, "Use the blood." So it's a little bit obviously impromptu moment. Champa wipes the blood off the contract. So not to be not to be too redundant to what the fiend did with uh, his segment last week. But this, this was a little bit more impromptu, uh, but still a good visual for the. Yeah. Sicilian psycho Matt you like uh, Chapa
3: yeah he's one that again he's another one that's different and he's not like everyone else on that roster as far as his look goes um
0: be-
3: sorry go ahead. go ahead he's what
0: I was gonna say he's believable too he, you believe when he's talking yes, you, uh, you know Definitely. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about Britt Baker later uh but um yeah he, he just comes across as really authentic and uh Anyway, yeah, I thought uh, you know, what do you guys think about Adam Cole? I think the Undisputed Era they've been they've been in that spot for a long time now. I almost feel like it's time for him to go to Raw or SmackDown and to get a change of scenery.
3: For who? Adam, Adam Cole. Cole. Yeah, but didn't you say that like it'll be on two hundred five live if he did?
0: <laughs> I hope not. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, seeing guys like Finn Balor gives me hope. Adam Cole has so much charisma. He's so good. Yeah. I, I don't think that you know. I do worry about Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish on the main roster, but um, I think Adam Cole could. Um, he could be a. He could be a superstar if you know he's pushed right.
3: Yeah, yeah, and, and they've done a good job because they put him when he was on Raw SmackDown. Raw, they put him in there with um, Daniel Bryan, right. who's not very big. You know, and what was the other one? Uh, Seth. Seth's Seth, yeah. deceivingly tall, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got to be careful with who they put him in there with, because the, I'm telling you, the minute he looks his size, it's over. Yeah, yeah it's over as far as him being a main event WrestleMania wrestler. They've got to be just careful with how they book him. They can do it. They just got to be careful. They can't put him in stuff with like like Kane showing up one week and chokeslam, you know, or or. Yeah. ron Strowman. You know what I mean? They gotta keep him away. It's easy to do. They don't have that many big guys anymore up there.
0: Right. Or maybe turn them babyface in NXT and turn break away from the Undisputed Era. I just think the Undisputed Era has just been there a long time. It's I, I feel like it's it's getting old now.
2: If um, Adam if Adam Cole can get over to the Raw and SmackDown, you know, the wider audience, because there's a wider audience in NXT, if he if he can sell them on his charisma and show that he has personality that's that's much bigger than his actual size. If he can get that over first, then his size, it's kind of like Daniel Bryan. You start to forget about his size and the fact that he's only 5'10 or 6 foot. Is, um, Adam
1: Cole,
0: is he the same size as CM Punk?
3: Hell no. No. Whoever's saying that, no. No.
0: I mean, they're probably not much different, right? It's saying I, Adam Cole is 6 feet tall, 210 I, pounds. Is
3: not, no, he isn't. How much?
0: Saying six foot tall, two hundred and ten pounds,
3: whereas punk no, is six two. No, he's uh, not. No, he's not. He's five foot ten. He, yeah. And he's yeah. like hundred and yeah, he's skinny. I'd say hundred and seventy. I yeah, I don't know his weight, but his I'm style is thicker than him, and AJ's not two hundred in real life. AJ was one is like one hundred eighty. Yeah.
2: He's not thicker than AJ.
0: No, for that. sure. Yeah, definitely not.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't know his weight, but I've I'm between five eleven and six, and when I stand next to Adam Cole, he and I are pretty much equal. So, but I, I think Punk's definitely taller than he is. Yes. Nicer, so, um, but yeah, so we'll see. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't have Adam Cole move anywhere until after Mania. Far too much right. going on. Roll us back down.
0: Yeah, or or just turn him babyface and turn you know turn him away from undisputed era. I just think undisputed era is getting tired.
2: All right, so uh, Beth Phoenix she gives a nice little lead into a Bianca Belair package. Beth putting over that she got to experience Belair firsthand at the Royal Rumble. So a nice little little uh, package there for her. Um, we move on. We get Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai. Obviously, history here between these two. They're finally getting a showdown. I believe the first one on one showdown since uh, yeah. since a big turn. This is kind of interesting. Kind of a cool a, a little a little switch here. Um, so it looks like Kai is going to you know take this chair and have this brutal chair shot. Candice LeRae comes from behind, stops that, and then while all that distraction and Valley uh, Who is going on, uh, Tegan Knox is actually able to uh, grab her knee brace and just whacks Dakota Kai in the face. It looked, hopefully, Kai's fine, but It looked pretty, pretty good. It looked pretty brutal. Uh, ultimately, though, Tegan Knox gets the pin off of this, and uh, so the babyface getting a little, uh, little, little, little redemption uh by taking by taking the uh, knee brace to the face here. So, I enjoyed this match uh for what I got to see, but I especially enjoyed the ending. I like the touch here.
3: It was good. This was good.
0: Yeah, I was kind of surprised they did this here than rather than the takeover
3: show. They had a, big, had a big payoff show. Yeah, but um they probably they needed it. You know what yeah. I mean? If they, they were getting their asses kicked in the ratings, maybe that's why. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh you mentioned Beth Phoenix, uh, she's you know, she mentioned uh, her injury at the Royal Rumble early in the, the show, and she sounded great. So,
2: I think uh, Beth's actually uh, quietly and slowly started to win me over on commentary. She just uh, she's starting to really she oh, I think she sounds good.
3: Their whole booth
2: is, I think, a very good commentary. Too.
3: I like I like listening to them.
0: Yeah, she's gotten she's gotten a lot better, she's Im- improved a lot.
3: Her and
2: Nigel are really good. Morrow is talented, but I could do with a little bit less screaming. But I talented. still like it. <laughs> I'm with you, Justin. Mamma mia. Like I'm, a, I'm a mark for myself. Mamma mia. Just tone it down. Tone he it down. He just does it
0: too much. Yeah. You guys
3: weren't saying that about Joey Styles, I'll bet.
0: I did. Joey Styles wow. used to irritate the hell out of me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a fair comment. Okay. <laughs> Joey Styles, he also... Poor Joey Styles also had to do the booth by
3: himself. Right. So,
2: I mean, you know, you had to you had to be split personality. You had to I him liked in. him.
3: I didn't say I didn't like him. I'm saying I bet you you didn't criticize him. Yeah, I, I, did, I didn't like Joey by himself.
0: I, I never liked ECW commentary because of that. And
3: saying his taglines, getting himself over.
0: I liked him much better in WWE when he had someone with him and he wasn't so over the top. I'm, I'm more like on SmackDown. I didn't think he was uh, – he did that as as often when he was doing it with Lawler. I really liked him and Lawler together.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. Morrow just I, again, he's talented in his own way, but I just a little bit less scream. Just me. You know.
3: Dude, the research he does before these matches
2: and I, I, I didn't, I didn't say he was dumb or not informed. I just he could just not scream
3: his research that he does to me. <laughs> <used> to <laughs> I just I think the other ones don't do as much. I really don't. Yeah, I don't th- I think that they look these guys up like he does. And learns every single aspect about these talents that you could tell he he homeboys looking up and getting making sure he gets his little things in about that talent that you know he rehearsed or had written down for that match, which I appreciate because that's work he's putting into getting mm-hmm. that talent over. Oh, um, well, if you're a talent, you probably love him calling your match. I, I would. I I, I, that's the way I look at it. Like I would yeah. love for this to call my matches. You no. know, he's help me.
0: Sure. Yeah, don't get me. I actually really do like Morrow. I think he's one of the best commentators in wrestling right now. Just, I, I'm with you, Justin. I think he just does that a lot. The mama mia.
2: Stuff. But to Matt's point, from a worker standpoint, yeah, you, that's that's your guy you want to have calling you because he's 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 going to make sure yeah, you're WrestleMania for him. Yeah. So <laughs> I,
3: mean, I, I, would love that. Yeah. Matt Morgan locked up and threw the guy off. Holy shit! Did you see that? Oh my <laughs> god! That's he's not. A Shades of Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah, is <laughs> yeah. just a simple lock up throw off. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that nozel tackle spot? Oh my God.
0: See, see I miss the old uh, like Vince and Jesse days or gorilla and Jesse where you know, a move like that and Vince would be like, Oh, well, why you know, like the the entertainment aspect of it. What a maneuver. Yeah, gorilla's like, Will you stop? Yeah, I don't know. My commentary favorite? these days it, it, when too many people are trying to, I don't know, worry too much about the moves and not enough about the characters, I think that's uh, that kind of hurts it,
3: yeah. I'll uh, when we get to AW, remind me of that because in that show, it does come up quite a lot actually between the older guard with then with what's his name, what's to do with the mask, Excalibur,
0: Excalibur,
3: yeah, Excalibur. You could tell, like. Jim Ross don't like the fact that X-Cobber knows every single move. <laughs> <laughs> <You could> just, <laughs> funny, I, I'm, I'm personally always entertained by it. Um, he gets a, <laughs> He's just like, what? Like, why do you know that? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, Excalibur also gets every single name right, which for Baker called Jr. Out on that. So. <laughs> yeah. we'll get to that here. Hang on, AEW fans, we're coming to that. Um, so Tegan Knox gets the victory, uh, as we mentioned earlier. They showed the video again. This time, their number's rearranged to 520. So that's next week's date. What well, about just- Black Uno? You
3: don't like Black Uno? Jim Ross called him Black Uno. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, it was I kept rewinding. I was like, oh, my God.
0: Wait, he did that tonight? Or he said that before?
3: Oh, it was on the cruise. I know. It was on the cruise during Dark. The Dark <laughs> episode. Jim Ross was doing it. The bad thing is calling him Black
2: Black. Uno and having those kind of fudges. That's that's like him doing a parody of when uh Ed Kosky did a parody of him as Oklahoma. It's like
3: (laughs) I I laughed. and it was they did dark. Um, what's it called? The dark, the yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, Uh, AW Dark, and they had them finish off that show. Um, yeah, I popped huge. Dark as well <laughs> as you should because I'm sorry the dude don't look like a star and would not get my <laughs> time of day to get his name right. I'm sorry, the dude's in it is indie riffic.
2: Yeah, no, he is. He he does look like some it, dude who they
3: and threw a man. I don't feel like I'm mocking Jim Ross on this. Uh, I'm mocking no. Evil Uno on it for not having a cool enough or memorable enough damn character.
0: Yeah, yeah but he I will yeah, we'll get to it. But you look at that dark order vignette and it looks like just enhancement talent w- waiting to to come out
2: but i could find yeah. a mask and walk to walmart that's five miles away and
3: put that mask on a lot of people and, and it'd be like look it's the same word yourself justin you could throw that on today and, fit, and it'd be perfectly fine you've never wrestled well, yeah, i'm in yeah, better i'm in better shape than uno <laughs> oh yeah him yes you are but the gimmick the yeah. character the, the group i should say dark you know <laughs> tremendous
2: <laughs> okay uh, Chelsea Green, uh, with the being represented by the Robert Stone, uh, comes to the ring, takes on Caden Carter here, and uh, I did not expect this one, basically, uh, as um, Chelsea Green seems to have things in hand here, and uh, Green's talking trash, this and that, and Carter uh, rolls her up out of nowhere and gets the victory, so Caden Carter gets the win on Chelsea Green, who was just paired with, 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 with Robert Stone and this whole thing, but uh, I guess they're... Little, little, little one, two, three kid action here uh, of Caden Carter getting the
3: victory. Yeah. I I don't know because, like, it didn't make sense, right? There's this new, they're introducing this new character essentially or matchup of characters. With, this brand. Right? Yeah. The Robert Stone brand. Right. Thank you. And then that's the first time loss. Like, that hurts him. Yeah. That hurts him. Like, he's had his, his talent lost, like, in the first time out on NXT, essentially.
0: Yeah, this is something they do on the main roster. Where they, you know, they build someone up like Mike Kanellis. And then as soon as they debut on TV, they're beating him already. And then you see what happens.
3: And with the manager, like, as well. Like, wh- why do you need a manager if you're losing? Like, is he supposed to help you avoid that? Right. Shouldn't he right. have been Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> unless that's the point. Unless they're trying to bury this Robert Stone character.
3: Oh, then that's different. Okay. But then
0: that's not going to last long. <laughs> you know, then right. why would anyone have him as their manager?
2: Nah, Raj, I don't, don't. don't have... I don't have the controls. Can we yeah. throw up a guy that just, uh there we go. Yeah. Holy crap.
0: Thank you. Been frank since 93. Thanks. That that's, a, that's a 99
2: donation. That's a WWE Network. That's his yeah. WWE Network money. He just gave it to us.
0: Yeah. that's Right there. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Uh So just wanted to say I listen to your podcast every day and after every show instead of watching any WWE show, maybe a pay-per-view, but that's about it. Shows are so enjoyable to listen to, man.
3: Thanks a lot. We really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, seriously. That really is cool. Thank you.
2: Very good, very good. Yeah. So uh, mysterious book in there. So we'll see what they do here moving forward with both those ladies. If they're, uh, if this makes more sense in the in the grand scheme of time. Okay. So we get to uh, we got a half hour remaining, and they are going to give this whole half hour <clears throat> to the finals, the finale of the Dusty Roads Classic, where we have the broserweights of Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn up against the grizzled young veterans of James Drake and Zach Gibson. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a good match. How is it not going to be very fun to watch? This this is a fun match. Uh, it was for, for for as much as uh, we've Matt and I especially have kind of poo pooed on the Dusty Road yep. Classic concept. This was a good match. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually still surprised by the outcome here. I thought, I don't know. I guess I, as as we've critiqued Matt, you know, two hot single stars. You decide to randomly pair up. I figured, okay, once they won their first-round match, okay, they're going to get to the finals all for the reason of being able to put over
3: who beats them.
2: But that did not happen here.
3: Right. I agree with you. Yes. For (laughs) sure, that's what I thought this was, was to get them over. uh, Not not to get – to get an actual tag team over. Right. um, With two single stars being put together because they are the bigger stars, obviously. Um, And no – So it goes to show you once again, tag team wrestling in WWE is deader than a freaking doornail. Yeah,
0: even in NXT. I mean, the grizzled young veterans. I mean, they their name is terrible. Yeah, and their name is
3: terrible, but they are good. They're fun to watch on WWE. I watched them. They they have a lot of good tag teams in in, in, in NXT. I think that could have won this and they could have featured but then the argument is okay then what would you do with the Dusty Rhodes trophy or whatever like you bring that to your next match and everyone says yeah you're the nobody cares
0: yeah, yeah. and that was my point the grizzled young veterans they haven't been built up that much and then by having them just lose it, it just kind of knocks them down it doesn't do much for Riddle and Pete Dunn. people saw no. them as you know as stars already if anything this tag team thing is kind of bringing them down um I don't know, it seemed like a tag team should have won. I think the Grizzly you know, yeah. veteran should have gotten the, the victory here.
3: A good tag team should always be good two stars, good two single stars.
0: Yeah. yeah. Always. And and we'll talk more about Riddle. I mean, I guess we could talk about it now. Uh, Riddle supposedly has backstage heat in WWE. That was uh, <laughs> according to the wrestling observer. That's why he was thrown out really quickly in the rumble. He was in less than a minute. He had a confrontation with Brock Lesnar. Um, before the Rumble.
2: Uh, Les, I'm you know, not buying this now. I'm not
3: buying it either. Brock doesn't, listen to me, Brock would forego all of his money, his contract. If anyone talked shit to him, he would put him through a wall. I'm telling you that right now.
2: Well, and not to mention, so so there's two parts to this. The first part of the story being that, okay, so Brock has this confrontation with Riddle backstage prior to Rumble, and he says, you know, keep my name out of your mouth, don't tag me in sh- uh, stuff stuff. Um, you and I are never going to work together ever. First off, Brock is going to do whatever if there's a money in the match. If, there's, if, if, if Vince and Heyman say there's money to be made by you having a match with Matt Riddle, Brock's going to do the match. And mm-hmm. so, so first you're wondering, okay, this sounds kind of like a wrestling work, but maybe it's not. Backstage stuff happens. And then WWE releases, just like they did with Keith Lee, a Performance Center channel. They do a, a, a follow on Matt Riddle the day of the Rumble. And Matt Riddle gets eliminated. Not by Brock. He doesn't even, He's not even in the Rumble match when Brock's in there. He gets eliminated by Baron Corbin. And what, what is Riddle's comments? backstage to the camera he's we're bitching about, about brock. brock he's we're talking about i don't care if brock doesn't want the match i don't care i'm gonna retire him what the hell does that have to do with anything you just got eliminated by baron corbin this smells like a work this smells like they're setting something up right here so if I they were
0: setting up riddle no, and I, brock I, they, they're I, not setting up riddle and brock
3: See, I don't think I don't yeah, I don't think it's a work. I think Matt Riddle's trying to Yeah, exactly.
0: Those, those PC videos aren't scripted. They don't He's need.
3: desperately trying to attach his his horse to the money trainer and Brock. There's no question about it by acting like he's not scared of him. Maybe he's not. But the Brock I know, unless he has changed immensely, nobody's walking up to him and talking smack to him. Now, unless it's a like an undertaker, like a veteran that he super duper respect and Brock may have done something out of line maybe in a match accidentally and he would check on the dude's health. Oh my God, I mean, it's stiff. you my bad. That kind of a deal. But there's no way in hell Brock Lesnar's allowing some rookie to walk up to him and talk any kind of shit to him and Brock not leaving him laying. I well, just, it, no way.
0: It's not that Riddle talked shit to him. It was just uh, that Lesnar approached him, pulled him aside and basically said, keep my name out of your mouth. <laughs> And really? I, I could see him doing that. I, That's I, different. I, but, okay.
3: Yeah. I could kind of see him doing that too. But I could also see him like if Matt didn't, if Matt looked at him any kind of way, right. it escalating from there.
0: Yeah. I um, mean, Brock, look, and
3: Brock doesn't know how to act like I'm telling you, he's not how to act when it comes. Mm.
0: Yeah. If WWE was trying to set up something with Lesnar and, and Brock, I mean, uh, Lesnar and Riddle, they wouldn't have had him look so weak in the rumble. I mean, you know, they would have.
3: No, uh, I, I just think he managed to ask Matt. Matt yeah it's just yeah. trying to it's smart. This,
0: into something it's smart but at this by the same token he's did that with Goldberg he did that with Lesnar and those two I'm sure want nothing to do with him. and if Riddle <laughs> can get over on the main roster to that level where people why are demanding a big match with then Lesnar, sure, I'm sure he'll do if it if
3: you're but... Brock why would you want why would you want to have anything to do with him like right. at all nobody knows who he is versus Brock Lesnar or Goldberg even if you're Goldberg why would you even want anything to do with this dude right like, seriously, he's not on the – you know what I mean? It's a step down for both of them. Major, major yeah. step down.
0: And I don't see Riddle becoming uh, that kind of a superstar on the main roster. Um,
3: well, in- now, hang on. I do think he's freaking nasty in that ring. I think he's oh, different. I think he's great. All of his matches are super different. I think he's got a good build on him as well. Um, I think he's good. I think he's really good. And I think he could be. I do. I really do think he could be a main event level wrestler there if they do him right. Now, guess what? Putting him in the damn battle royal. If he's not going to be doing damage, then don't put him in the damn thing. Protect your yeah. damn younger talents. There's no reason to put him out there if you're just going to have him come out there for 20 seconds. That's bullshit. That kind of I'm, I'm not a huge fan, but still, nonetheless, that, I do see the potential in him to be a huge star. That was a waste. They should not have put him out there for 20 damn seconds like that. And just throw him out.
0: Yeah, I think I just think with this current gimmick, with the bro stuff, with the sandals. I think there's a limit to that on the main roster. I'm not
3: a fan of the sandals either.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. So no, I, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I think 100%. Looking, he's got the the ability, yeah. the look.
3: He uh, definitely has a look and the ability, but and he's different. He is yeah. different in how he works.
0: But I think he's limited with the uh, the stoner stuff. Oh, uh, he,
3: he doesn't need to do that.
0: Yeah. Caden's saying Riddle was insanely over at the Rumble. My section oh, lost my their crap. go
3: ahead. Please, please share with Caden Raj what audience. <laughs> Was in attendance. Please. Exactly.
0: Yeah. This is. Oh, those NXT guys always get the huge pops at the Mania and and the the pay per views and the Raw after Mania. No way Jose got a gigantic pop you yeah. know, when he came out uh, when he debuted the night after Mania. So it's you know, awesome. Apollo Cruz. Um, so it, it's it's the longevity, staying as a star, and will Vince McMahon push that Matt Riddle character on the level of a. Roman Reigns or, or Seth Rollins, um, it, does he get it in that way? And I don't think so. Now, if he changed his character up, uh, I definitely think he would. You know, because he, like I said, he's got a good build. He's got he's got charisma. He's got a good look.
3: They didn't do Rob Van Dam. The full potential that right. Rob could have been in WWE, in in his, especially in his prime, right? They did not understand how to now. There's legit a stoner gimmick, and they still did not know how to do it properly. WWE, yeah. they did not know how to write for it properly, in my right. opinion. To be the man, yes, he was a ch- a champion and whatnot here and there, but like he wasn't like the man, right? Which he had potential to be.
2: Yeah. And that was when WWE was, was still edgier and still TV-14. Yeah, right. They, they, did could, to they do didn't that do that it. Right.
3: So that's my point. If they didn't yeah. have to do it for Rob, how are they going to have to do it for Matt Riddle now all of a sudden? Yeah. That laid-back stoner, we all think – I mean, I know lots of fans think it's cool. They like Matt Riddle's character. Like, I think it's different, you know. But, again, I go back to the aesthetic part of who he is. He's a badass UFC fighter, right? So there's legitimacy to him. He's not some little wussy-looking – 150-pound weakling. The dude goes to the gym. He's in great shape. He kicks people's faces off. And his heat is different than anyone else's. His comebacks are different than anybody else's. His style is different than everybody else's, which is hard to do in today's day and age. Do you know what I mean? So by the same token, I'll bury him for thinking he has a snowball's chance in hell of getting on Brock Lesnar's radar is laughable. I still think he can be a main event talent for WWE. They've got to They've got to start the process, though, in getting him there. And putting him in the Royal Rumble really pissed me off for him because that was a complete waste of him. Do not show him to your audience if that's what you're going to do with him. Hold him back until you're ready to pull the trigger fully. I hate these half-pulled triggers they do. Yeah. It kills these kids. It, it, buries them in, it buries them in the ground before they have a legitimate chance to get out there and do anything. Now, by proxy, look at Keith Lee. Look how they did him. They did him justice. Yeah, he was eliminated, but he got over. Right. To be fair, man, I agree.
2: With you. I would probably rather than him not, you know, for fifty two seconds in there and then getting eliminated by Baron no. Corbin. But I'll say this: they, it's not a lost cause. You know, we saw it was. I think it was Rumble last year. Lacey Evans made her first appearance and look, and, and she is, you know, it, it was kind of like a rant, and she didn't do much, you know. Rusev here in Pittsburgh some years ago made his first appearance ever. He hadn't been seen anywhere other than NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went on to have a good first you know, year and a half. So, I mean, I agree. It's like, why do it? But it's not a death sentence because it is the Rumble. 29 people lose. Only one person wins. So it's not like, you but know. But they didn't have Rusev get punked out like that like just Dude, immediately he thrown
3: was out. thrown out in no time you really thought he'd be thrown out in 52 seconds no 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 i didn't i i Dude, get that i left not... it longer than 52 seconds <laughs>
0: yeah. i mean i think he was almost put in that spot to be embarrassed because why even have him if you're yeah. if you're gonna have
3: that, him out that that's far? my concern that was actually my concern am i missing something is there a new story i'm not aware of did he do something wrong
0: right like if that was leading to riddle versus corbin you know, maybe then, you know, yeah, but it's it's not clearly
2: right. well. Apparently, not everybody backstage is a, a bro with the bro. All right, so that was NXT. Um, anything final to say about it? Okay, move to AEW? AW, okay, there we go. Please. <clears throat> Coming to you from Cleveland, Ohio. We start out with John Moxley in the ring. Moxley, of course, with his eye patch on, promoting the fact he will be taking on Chris Jericho at the pay per view at the end of February. Uh, then Jericho comes out, uh, talks about, um, all the Cleveland idiots, blah, 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 typical heat. Uh, it says he never travels alone. He's got the inner circle. So they come out. So now it is a, it looks like it's going to be five on one, but Moxley says he doesn't care. He's got all of his people, all of his Ohio, all of his fellow Ohioans, uh, there. And, uh, he, he, he'll go ahead and take them to battle with him. Uh, Jericho then says uh, that he's got some more guys, so like five more guys from the streets, from the Puerto Rican streets uh, come out. And now it's 10-on-1, but Moxie charges him, doesn't care. And we get a little bit of a, a brawl, but it's basically just a big pull apart by security. Uh, so just to uh, hard sell the fact you got Jericho versus Moxie coming uh, in a month from now. Uh, Matt, how'd you like this opening?
3: Really quick, just explain the five other people that,
2: though, really quick. It, he, Jericho said that um, you might think it's five-on-one, but courtesy of, of Santana Ortiz, they found some tough guys from the streets, and then five unknown dudes who were just Random. dressed similar to just Puerto Rican flag and streetwear. Uh,
3: they 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 were not no, no introduction was given to who they were. Thanks, brother. Um, some of people just listen to this and they don't even watch the shows, right? Oh yeah. Um, uh, but because that was a crazy, I thought that was a pretty cool visual. I thought that really made Santine Santine. Yeah, I was about to say Santino <laughs> Santana. <laughs> Um and, and them look look more legitimate actually. Made them look like bigger stars, I thought. Um anyways, this was basic one oh one you know, heel heel heat one oh one, you know, getting trying to get uh make a homeboy look like um huge baby face, right? And, and fighting from underneath, not scared. It went, it's one on five, nothing scares him. Moxley, not a fan of the iPads. I don't know why. Um but yeah, I don't buy that he, had a, he took a spike to the eye. Okay. Um,
2: but to that point, Matt, I'll give him credit. As he goes in the uh, later in the show, he actually ends up in the crowd, mm-hmm. and his eye patch starts to fall, oh. like start to move, and he actually has his eyeball See, with a bandit over. It. So I'll give him credit yeah. for at least gimmicking up that to make it look like.
3: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you're right. I saw that too. Um, and that's hard to work with one, one eye, obviously. Right. <laughs> still um i just want to fast forward and get to the match between them
0: yeah i thought i mean i thought this uh, this segment was really entertaining i think one problem with aew um and and it's speaking to the eye patch angle is that because everyone thinks they're good friends that when they do a heated angle like that no one buys it no one buys that jericho
3: would put a spike in his eye
0: right exactly
3: yeah
0: where i mean that's something that should be a big deal and because WWE has that layer more and more so than AEW, you don't think in WWE, everyone's friends and, and stuff like that. So when they did like edge and Randy Orton, that angle got over huge. The fans were, you know,
3: yeah. into it. They were, you know, really pissed at orton and you know? this is where having a you know n- n- no offense but this is where having you got to be careful when you do have a podcast and you're bringing people on right. the show like i can't imagine chris thought he'd be working him like a month later or two months later right um because i bet you chris would have thought twice or maybe not because he had the podcast in which john moxley went bananas on wwe right The most listened to you know whatever show I'm imagining because John Moxley was dishing on WWE on that podcast at the time.
0: And, and Jericho just had Darby Island on a couple weeks ago and you know, here they yeah. are. It's, it so, just makes so it harder to buy. So
3: so as hardcore do. fans that watch it all, like I, I do, I watch all the YouTube stuff. I watch everything. I try to at least. And uh, it makes it harder to emotionally invest. Now this is where I do feel I'm an AEW homer. And I admit that before we cover this all the time, because I love it. I like the show. I think it's different. And I think we need to continue to cheer it on because it is the alternative. And instead of everyone always wanting to just bury it, um, I watched, you not you guys, but I watched other people do that with TNA when we were very close um, to having an alternative to WWE. And now we're in a day and age where people want to shit on everything first versus putting it over and complimenting it. And that's not just wrestling, that's everything. If you go Got on sure. social media, it's highly negative.
0: Yeah, and and so many people are keeping tabs on this. Castro the Prince. saying, you got to dis- suspend disbelief for these. We all know these guys don't really hate each other. It's fake. No shit. I'm saying the crowd was not buying that angle when when Jericho hit him with the spike. It wasn't like they were booing and going crazy. They were cheering for Audrey the referee right after that. You know, and they were just kind of mm-hmm. they're just watching. There was no heat uh, when it was happening. So that's the problem is when they're doing these angles that are supposed to be really violent. Um, at least that, this one, uh, the fans didn't buy it, and even you know Moxley's out there joking about you know it's, it didn't come across as a big angle happened like the, you know in the past when they've done that.
3: And that's why they got to be careful with the uh, every bit of media they do. With again having who certain people on the podcast, um, having you know crews like Chris Jericho has his own crews like so. Do we really? You know what I mean? I, I'm being a little like overly analytical. I'm sure. But I am able to suspend my disbelief and enjoy it all. And then I watch it from a wrestler's perspective to see how is Moxie carrying this out. Right. What am I supposed to chug?
0: With Vernors. So thanks, that? Robert Bills, for the donation. But he's saying you need to furiously chug a Vernors. Vernors.
3: Don't know what it is. I'm
0: Sorry. Uh, he's saying Killer Croc should really go to AEW. He'd stand 13th. out there. Reminds me of Batista. Yeah.
3: Rubber Bills, thank you very much for your contribution. That was very cool of you to Let's donate towards the show. But, dude, Batista, let me tell you about Batista. Batista was every bit of 6'5", 6'6". Oh, yeah, and when I met him, 340 pounds of muscle um, and lost weight and got smaller and leaner on purpose so he can move better in the ring and was never below 285 on the smallest end for him. Dude, kill Cross is nowhere near 280 pounds.
0: But in today's in, in AEW, he would be. I mean, he's was six, 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 250, I think so. He would be in AEW. Got, he'd be one. To me, of
3: he's got that crimson build. He's got that basketball no. player lean, way too lean build. Not not bad build. He's freaking shredded. He looks great. Yeah, and real quick, just so I can get
2: on the whole suspending disbelief. Like I, I get, you know, like Raj, you had a point. Like you know, when the whole eye spike, they're chanting for the ref. Not long after. It, the the AEW fans they very much they buy in they very much feel like they are part of this company and this is part theirs. I'm so one of them. They don't want to. let it go. I'm only they going don't, now. Right. To be they don't. Clear. They don't. They don't. They don't pull some of the stuff you hear like the New York crowds do to WWE where they're throwing beach balls around or where they're being obstinate.
3: They to the point they want, of they want to be part of it. They want to have fun. They want to. Yeah. They want. They want, they want to support. They, even
2: even if somebody so does
3: NXT fans for NXT. Right.
0: If yeah, something if, if there's something bad,
2: they're not gonna chant they don't, this sucks. They don't or, you, yeah, they don't chant you fucked up or anything like that. You right. look at this. Jericho's supposed to be the number one heel, right? He comes out tonight, they're singing his song, and the moment the yeah, song right. stops and they start booing because 'cause they're like, okay, that's what we're supposed to do. Like yes. they just wanna be they want to be part of the show. They wanna like play along. And so to that point, it's kinda like, yeah, they know that Moxley was just on his podcast X amount of months ago. They know that they're all friends, but they these
3: fans are just really happy just to have this other company, you know, and and yeah. once the bell rings, I assure you, they will go back in line of booing Chris hard and cheering yeah. Moxley hard. Yeah. yeah.
0: I just think, yeah, you know, just the big angles, I think if you have more of a separation between these guys off screen.
3: Yes. Um, you know, That's true. Tr- There's nothing wrong with that. That's truth. That's truth, Glenn and Glenn. Right. <laughs> That's true. I'm tired. Leave me alone. Sorry. All right. Um,
2: well, moving to the next thing, what they did here next is one of the things I do like that AEW does different from WWE, and that is WWE always operates on the "Oh my God, they have no idea the cameras are there." AEW at least just kind of acknowledges, "Hey, we have this video package, and it was sent in essentially. Uh, it was it was it was captured by said wrestlers, and All so right. they so Jim Ross tosses to where MJF has this piece of video for us, and it's MJF Good. and Wardlow. Yeah, I like Good. this, and they did it later with PAC. I like." I like that mm-hmm. presentation. Of and the it rather- works
3: in today's day and age because today's day and age, you have to be like, you heard Nick Aldis say this on I think the Chris Van Vliet interview, and he's right. Today's wrestler doesn't have to send in eight by tens anymore and put a mm-hmm. link to their YouTube match. You have to damn near be a full-time producer yeah. to, to send in edited stuff and promos of what you can do with a yes. microphone and camera. Yes. And this makes sense. Today's wrestler is way more te- techn- technologically savvy with how to do that and how to, you know what i mean it makes sense is what i'm yep. saying it does uh so very uh, a very up-to-date thing so uh, we have a piece yes. of video
2: piece of video that mjf uh has, has supplied and it's mjf mm-hmm. and wardlow and they appear to be entering you know some kind of a dingy uh you know butcher's kitchen and there is a butcher blade and bunny uh hard at work <laughs> and uh mjf Hands them an envelope, uh, you know, presuming that it's some kind of money for a hit, and on the envelope is written it is written a uh, young buck. So setting it up that he has this business transaction with them, of course, this business dealing, and uh, he's put a hit out on the young bucks, and this transitions right in to uh, Butcher and Blade up against the young bucks with MJF and Loan commentary. Just so first off, I I thought this was just a great segment. It this was. This was
3: very well done.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Pretty much anything with MJF is is.
1: But
3: great. I actually yeah. and I, I think Butcher and Blade is corny as hell, but this I thought with MJF going in there, like he would, he's the yeah. rich kid. He's yeah. gonna pay somebody to do his light work for him and take care of a problem that he got embarrassed on that cruise, and it made sense. Everything made sense here.
2: Yeah. It made and me I, I thought it made this me...
3: pulled Butcher and Blade up a little bit, quite honestly. Yeah, I agree.
2: I, I agree. Uh, So, like I said, it goes right into the match. MJF's on commentary. Uh, Wardlow and his hometown standing behind him there. Uh, We get this uh, entertaining match here between uh, Butcher and Blade and the Bucks. Uh, But the Young Bucks, they get the win here. And so MJF not happy as that happens. And then we see uh, post-match beatdown. Butcher and Blade beating down on Page. Or, excuse me, beating down the Young Bucks. Then out comes Kenny Omega and Adam Page who help uh, even the odds. And... um, come to their friends' aid. So uh, this week, uh, none doing there for MJF and and Butcher Blade and the Bunny. Uh, They uh, do not get the job done. So uh, good segment, good match. Uh, I liked all the business stories being told here.
3: Amazing. Yeah,
0: I I think uh, they're doing the right thing right now with their top stars is they're starting to protect them. For a while, Omega was losing too much. The, The Young Bucks were losing too much before they were established to this TV audience. And I think now... They're on the right track. The young bucks have been winning. There's, you know, they're getting some momentum back. Kenny Omega too cuz I felt like he was losing a lot of steam. So I thought this match was everything it should have been. Butcher and the Blade, they I think they're, you know, they're good in the ring. I feel like they could use a gimmick change. But um but yeah, I you know, it was uh it was good stuff. This show up until this point I thought was great. I I mean, the stuff with Moxley, I forgot to say it, but I really did like that opening. Uh, even though, you know, opening. Yeah, I thought that promo, that Moxie cut was just awesome. And, and Jericho was great, too. Uh, Moxie did make a reference about Jericho punching a woman in the face. Some people thought it was that fan <laughs> incident that happened like 10 years ago. And that no, wasn't. Shawn Michaels' was wife. Shawn Michaels' wife, right. A fan incident was he, he did not punch a woman.
2: Ross, hey. real, Ross real quick with the Hangman thing. Uh, uh, hangman, obviously, he's doing the thing where he's always got – uh, alcohol in his hand uh you know i do obviously our daily show on wednesday and thursday with nick hausman here on wrestling Inc. nick is very much against these kind of things he hates when they bring in alcohol or drugs or you know especially uh, What? where do you stand on this do you do you have a problem with this or you think it's just it's it's modern it, it is what it is he, not at all i mean he's this, an adult
0: yeah he's an adult this is their audience uh their audience is older it's not i mean, I, I like it uh, even more, actually, because it makes it—it it is more adult. It doesn't look as kitty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
3: and real quick, Ryan O'Toole put in five dollars. Thank you, Ryan O'Toole, and said, "Love to hold my beer." Then I'm out of here. Thing. Page is the star they thought Omega was. I've always thought Paige physically had the be- the more main event look. Um, and they. He came out red hot when AEW was just starting out. And then I felt like the poor guy, like they haven't been really doing, really writing very good TV for him. Um, but I, they're adding a layer to him that's needed, quite honestly, if we're being honest. And um, whether you like it or not, the fact that he's having to drink within this character while he's figuring out who the hell he is, that's the way I take it. Um, he's thinking things, that, figuring things out. They did something with him on the being the elite that I wish they did more of. They had you inside his head, meaning they didn't have him talking. They had him waking up with a hangover, right? Looking at the night after he won the day after he won the tag team championships. And it, they had the voiceover, they had him doing his own voiceover in his, in his head of like, what the hell is that over there? It's so damn bright. Everyone always talks about winning the tag title, They never talk about the morning after winning the tag title. How's it going to feel? And they, you got into his head a little bit and I thought it was hilarious. And not in a way in which it buries wrestling like it normally does sometimes, but in a way that I thought added to another layer to his character. It shows that he's trying to figure out what's going on here. He talked about quitting the elite, but these guys aren't take they didn't get the memo, they're not listening, and I'm stuck tagging with this guy and now we're the tag champs. It was really well done actually. And I wish they did more something like that on the show with him. But tonight, dude, he was. He was money tonight, I thought.
0: I Think they're doing a great job with him right now. He was losing steam there for a little bit of yes, baby space.
3: For a while. No, for quite longer than I was yeah. Yeah. I was worried about him.
0: Like every week building to the match with Jericho, he was losing more and more steam as that, you know, as they were getting to and the, getting especially the after. after he was, yeah. He was an afterthought. And now I think they're doing a great job with them. Yeah. You know, the, the drinking yes. The beer and say so you have beer commercials you know all over you're gonna have them all over the Super Bowl. John Cena's in a beer commercial during That's the right. Super Bowl this year. Michael Ultra. Yeah, with uh, Jimmy Fallon.
2: <clears throat> well, if you if you like to have a beer in your hand or any kind of drink in your hand, alcohol or not, and if you like this podcast, and if you're gonna be in Tampa WrestleMania weekend, Friday, April third at Rick's on the river from three to five. So right into that happy hour time, you can come hang hang out with us for the Wrestling Inc. podcast, myself, Matt. Raj, Glenn, Nick Hausman, we'll be at Rick's on the river and it's just about two miles away from the arena in downtown Tampa. So if you have plans to go to Smackdown that night, no worries from three to five, hang out with us. It's free to get in. There's no cover charge. Uh, there will be some drink specials. They have a phenomenal kitchen you can dive into uh, and we'll be hanging out doing some Q&A. Just happy to mingle with all of you guys uh, and girls who watch and support this podcast every single week. Uh, I know I'm excited to have all of us together in one place. It will be a good time. Uh, So, again, Rick's on the River. And if you you are interested in going, there is a Facebook group. Raj, you can tell people how to find the link. There's a Facebook group. We do encourage you to go into that group and just let us know if you're going or even if you're a maybe because we like to see how many people we have registered because we might have, as this thing goes, if we end up coming to a capacity issue, we want to make sure that those of you that have uh, registered – get in get to meet matt talk to all of us and have a good time so uh, rick's on the river friday april 3rd in tampa from three to five in the afternoon
0: absolutely yeah facebook.com slash wrestling inc our official uh facebook page just go to events uh you'll see it there you just click on it you just uh, respond if you're going or not or or if you're interested and yeah any uh if you're on there we, we can you know guarantee that you get in if it gets too full
2: very good. So let's keep it going here on Dynamite. Uh, we then go to some uh, women's action. We go to Nyla Rose versus uh, Big Swole. And Nyla Rose gets the victory here, as I figured you would. But this match was more competitive than I anticipated. Matt, what about you?
3: I agree. I agree. She's freaking a monster, man. She's, again, I think she should be the champion.
4: Um.
3: Yeah, I mean, I...
0: I, I was kind of lo- losing interest in this match. I, I like Big Swole. I think uh, she's got a ton of potential. And it's clear they're not just treating her like enhancement talent. So, uh, yeah, they gave her a lot in this match.
3: Am I crazy? I don't see it. with Big, Big Swole's good at all. But I just don't. I don't know. Mm. still think they're missing money in Penelope Ford.
0: Well, they are starting to push her now, though.
3: Well, As a wrestler, though?
0: Yeah. I mean, if she gets over as a character first, I mean, that's no. Bad. That's a
3: good point. People would pay. Will want to pay to see her eventually wrestle in the singles okay. match. There'll be more anticipation. That's a good point. Like like Lita with S A Rios, kind of right. You're saying?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice
3: and, cool there. S A Rios mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> we, we we mentioned him a couple
0: times. We earlier. thought, yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: that was a yeah. cool. That was a cool gimmick. Yeah, like I so used they, to tune in to watch that at one point. swear to God.
0: I, I I always it always bothered me they didn't do more with him.
3: I thought like, they it was the coolest pairing, man. Yeah.
2: Well, speaking of Penelope Ford, up next we get Cody with Coach Arn Anderson in his corner up against Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford with him. uh you know, and I like the Arn Anderson. I like having a cornerman kind of whispering, giving you some tips. It's just like boxing or MMA. You have somebody who's able to be that extra set of eyes to look. I think it takes it a little bit too far on the hokey end, Matt, when Arn's got like the NFL coach color-coded laminated playbook and he's got plays and notes he's written covering down. covering his mouth.
1: Yeah, I don't of know. Of course
3: it is. I 100% <laughs> agree. Guys, I, I, listen, I don't want to take up like 15 minutes of the show with this. Okay. Uh, but because I'll go even longer. Arn Anderson doesn't need to get over. He's Arn freaking Anderson right so why are we putting this in a situation in which they're worried about getting on anderson over that's not what you guys are supposed to be doing cody's supposed to be he's already over he's crazily over in fact why in the hell does your top baby face need a coach he doesn't need a coach unless you're going somewhere with a storyline that you've not shared with us and that Cody's super insecure um, something happened. He got hit in the head, and thinks he sucks at wrestle. Now all of a sudden, he needs his confidence back. And until then, Arn's got his back, and something. But until then, he's been running rough shot over this company as the top babyface, the most over babyface by far. And the you can give an argument, but still, you know what I'm saying. He's the most qualified babyface on that show as far as being as wrestling acumen goes. Right? Well, why does he need a coach? He's not the one who needs Arn's rub are you right. kidding me well the arguments can be made well is he is he giving arn a rub Arn doesn't need the rub <laughs> Arn's not wrestling
0: so right man, so i had tweeted the exact same thing i'm like it, Arn should be paired with either a, a young up-and-comer or someone mjf
3: that... mjf would have been dope actually or, or some somebody like that it doesn't have yeah. to be baby fades a heel even but someone 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 uh,
0: brought up this Super idea which bad. i thought was really good they said uh, you know, bringing up the the Rhodes, uh, you know, horseman rivalry, and said, "What if Arn Anderson turns on Rhodes? This is all leading to him turning on Cody and bringing okay. in Luke Harper."
3: Okay, then I will eat my words and be like, "F yeah, that's cool." Yeah. However, why couldn't they have him be with Tully and do more? What's his name, the Chairman? I still think there's still some money left in him. Spears. Spears, and um, just make him a killer. Just make him a dick. Um, but
0: Spears is getting used less now than he did in WWE and he's got, yeah, Tully. I mean, it's Tully's such a great manager. I'm surprised they're not doing more with him.
3: And he looks like a star by the way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Spears Spears looks like a star.
0: He just recently trademarked, uh, the Reaper. So maybe there's a gimmick change coming for him.
2: Okay. Uh, so a couple things to digest here that goes on. So first is that Arn, um, so first is, this is odd, Penelope Ford throws her, she's trying to get involved as a as, as a heel manager should, and she at one point throws her boot into the ring. I thought it would have been the old-fashioned, she throws the boot in, ref, gets ref grabs it and, and distracts it,
3: it out the ring.
2: but that's not what it was. She throws the boot in, and then Arn grabs the boot, and then Arn gets, gets into the ring, and he tosses the boot to the crowd. And he's mad at the referees allowing boots to be thrown in the ring. And we have this, like, awkward standoff. And then Arn <laughs> belly and, and, and chest pokes the ref, which causes the ref to throw him out. Um, so the ref throws out the babyface manager. That's the maybe a first. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's out the babyface manager. Uh, so this all continues. Uh, eventually, Penelope, you know, she gets a hurricane run on Cody, whatever. So then Penelope and Kip go to kiss. Right at the barricade, and then Joey Janela pops up, and he's right in the middle of them, and they both end up kissing Joey Janela. So a lot to digest here. Um, I don't know. Matt, what would what, you take of this? With Arn getting kicked out first.
3: I don't get it. Yeah, I... Uh, <clears throat> I, I don't get it. I don't get I don't why Arn's even... I told you, I don't get why he's out there with Cody at all. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. I'll be here all night talking about it, so yeah the thing i liked
0: about it is they do that spot all the time with the heel managers so it was just different it was a a, it was a, a twist on it but um yeah, outside of that, Cody should have won. He's the he's the star. You establish your stars right now in this in this building phase.
3: So then let's go through this then. Let's no, you know, screw it. I'm gonna break it down then. So then <laughs> no, seriously. Then explain this to me. I just got done saying how Cody Rhodes, the most top babyface they have as far as the wrestling acumen in that ring goes. He's as fundamentally sound as they come. He's the last one on that roster, experience-wise for the babyfaces, he's the most experienced that needs any coaching. Mm-hmm. So let me get this straight. He all of a sudden says, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to bring Arn Anderson in the ring with me because I do want coaching now all of a sudden. And I now need it. Now he does that. And the payoff is Arn Anderson's in the ring, distracting from his match while the heels are double teaming him. Do you know how <laughs> stupid this makes Cody Rhodes look as a baby face? Why sense. would he have him again to begin with? He doesn't need him. Right. Now next step. Let's say he's, he's over. You know he wants him out there. Now he just got thrown out of the ring, out of the match, and afforded the heels an opportunity to double-team him. Why does he not fire him immediately? He's the best babyface in this company. Everything they do is always going to be watched more than anyone else on that roster. Every decision they make, everything they say. You know, you see what I'm saying. So oh, I think yeah. it buries yeah. him as a baby face. So
0: like, to your point, Matt, again, maybe they are leaving to Arn turning on Cody, like he's distracting on
3: purpose. He so. looks like a dope until we get there. I don't think that's. Yeah. There's got to be another way to do it. Why can't he just Why can't he just come in for one night and c- Cody pay homage to the great Arn Anderson? Double A's back, the guys. Just you know, the stories I could tell you about it. Whatever, just one night of Arn Anderson being back, and then that's an. Right then and there in the presentation of Arne Anderson. Arne Anderson beats his ass or does something dastardly to introduce Luke Harper coming in. And then there you go. You got Luke Harper being managed by Arne Anderson. You still get there. You don't make your baby face look like a dope by having a manager that he does not need. You, you, like, seriously, that's like me having a coach to trying to teach me how to be tall. You know what I mean? Like seriously. Like we, can't, we get it. You're seven feet. Like you don't. Yeah. You don't need someone walking around hyping you up that you're 7 feet tall.
2: All right, big man, what you want to do is you want to stand up straight, square them shoulders, put your neck out. I
0: think <laughs> I know how to do that, it. What was the coaching that Arn gave a couple He years? Like, put your knees up. Cody
3: should know that. The double, oh, the double knees for the yeah.
0: – Yeah, he was calling yeah. for the, the counter. Um, I, you know, I'm hoping that this is le- – because, yeah, if this is their pairing, I think the spot tonight was to kind of turn the fans against Arn a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of show that dissension, and I think it's doing mm-hmm. a slow build too. And you know, Cody has the family ties, which is why he doesn't want to fire Arn. And then it does that slow build. I hope,
3: but so he, then here's the thing: I wish they said that from day one that you know what Arn. This is what I would do: play a little play on a play on reality. A long family history with a uh, very long, very long family history with you know Arn Anderson, my dad, and Arn Anderson. On The Four Horsemen, obviously, everybody knows that story. But Arn Anderson was a man that helped me a ton when I was in WWE as a road agent. This guy helped design a lot of my matches. He helped me immensely when I was granted and Goucher. And as I got better, who was there in my corner? Arn Anderson. After every match I'd come to that girl position, he's the first person I would see. And he'd also be the last person I'd see when I'd leave the building on how I could improve and get better out there. Pull that down real quick while I'm talking. Distracts me. Thanks. Um and, and so you have him build this up about his 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 history with him. But more importantly, now Arn Anderson gets released from WWE. This is family at this point. This guy's helped me the most in my career. You know what? I'm gonna help him. I'm gonna extend the helping hand to him that he extended to me when I was new and nobody in WWE. So, you know what, Arn, you need a job, you got a job, you come out to me with ringside and be by my side in all my matches or whatever you wanna call it. Um at least it makes it look like Cody's doing a solid and bringing Arn into AEW. And then there's a reason to bring Arn into AEW. And it, what looks like a handout would work amazingly well when Arn then now turns on him. Because this would be twice. Cody did something dicky to one of his friends and acting arrogant. He did it with the chairman by calling him a good hand. And now he's doing it with Sean Spears as a good hand rather and now he's doing it to Arn by saying you know Arn's down on his luck got released by WWE I'm bringing him in at AEW because I own it and I'm one of the vice presidents here and I can get it done I got all the stroke around here makes him look like you know what I mean and Arn turns on him and brings in what's his name um who you, who'd you say earlier
0: uh, Luke um, Harper
3: Luke Harper. I just think that Barry's your top baby face to have being coached and needing coaching out there
0: and uh, and that one comment earlier, you, MJF too. MJF had turned on Cody as well. so it's like everybody's he's uh, he's turning into sting almost. Uh, <laughs>
3: Hang on, Tina Miller, five dollars thank you, Tina Miller said, why do you think Cody can't go out alone? Dallas, Brandy, MjF now aren't. He's never alone.
0: <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: don't because I, I from what I hear, I you know, we have very similar friends that, that are friends with Cody, like, and, and whatnot. I've never met Cody. Um, but what I hear is a super nice guy, super giving, and wants to get everybody over. He's one of those super unselfish types of talents. So that's the only thing I could think here is that he's trying to get as many people over as he can to answer that yeah. person's question. Yeah.
2: Very good. And uh, again, make sure you come out to Rick's on the River in Tampa, where I will be teaching Matt Morgan how to be tall. Um, yes please teach me, me yeah. <laughs> that'll be a That's great just... be a great gimmick we'll do on the stage we'll do a bit about me teaching how to be tall all right so cody wins via pinfall uh, after all that <clears throat> uh they show us uh britt baker's promo last week on the cruise ship with tony shivani and once again tony shivani here on the stage brings out brit uh brit looking money coming out continuing more of the totally. heel brit baker um you're talking about uh, you know just kind of berating Shivani in her in her condescending tones. Then takes aim at Jim Ross, <laughs> says he's smug and pretentious, and uh, sits there collects a big paycheck while she does all the work. Um, you know, why you know be the JR she grew up on, not the sloppy barbecue salesman who can't get the roster's name straight. Crowd heavily booing uh, Britt. Uh, she talks trash on Rio, uh, and then she uh, talks that tells Tony Shivani that he has. Bad gingivitis, and he needs a, a toothbrush. Uh, and, and, and the final line, i got to give her credit. The final line, is: she goes, she lets Cleveland know. She says, Cleveland, you're welcome. You finally have a Baker you can trust in. A shot at quarterback Baker Mayfield. So, uh, yeah,
3: he'll fire from Britt Baker there. And uh, I like NWO uh, Britt Baker. <laughs> yeah. Still think they missed a the boat with her as their number one top baby face, but yeah. I'll digress.
2: I, well, once she becomes a really good heel, she can always come on back around and be good. True, true. So. I, thought, I thought the lines were
0: great. I thought uh, on paper this was a fantastic promo. I just don't believe her when she's saying it. She doesn't come Ooh. across as a heel yet to me. I think she just needs to work on that. She seems like a, a nice person who's given a script to be, you know, play a villain. And, um, you know, when she can get that, like a Charlotte Flair or a Sasha Banks, when they believe, you believe them when they're saying it. Um you know, I think she could be a great yeah. heel, but I just didn't get that from her tonight. I thought, again, the lines were great. She had an uh, mm. awesome promo as far as the content, but the delivery uh, yeah. just didn't come across like she was that heel character. She was just came across as reading heel lines.
2: Yeah, Raj, to be fair, it's been a bit zero to 60 if she was a babyface. Right. And then now, within two weeks, she's like, she's took a complete 180. I get that. And this, this would have made a little more sense if it kind of had like a slow, a little more slow
3: burn. Um, Look, I don't but, care. She's on TV. She's super talented. They're yeah. finally booking her, and with good yeah. TV time, dude. It,
2: it can it can work. She's naturally a very sarcastic of course person, it's gonna work. so this could this this should work. And her saying what she said last week on the cruise ship, she's the hottest girl here. I mean, like, yeah, play that up. You, I mean, yep. she's she's the best
3: looking. Is she not?
2: Yeah. So um, that would be. That gets yeah. a
3: great eat when you when you're yeah. healing. There's truths that you say or half truths that you say that fans have to say yes to. Right, dude, that pisses people off.
2: Exactly, exactly. So, um, so Raj, I mean, I think you have a point, but I, I think this will. I think I think a few more weeks of you hearing her berate people, I think you, you'll just start to buy into it. She has a, she'll she'll own it. All right. Um, so backstage we get the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. They're being interviewed. Uh, Adam Page comes uh, tipsy. Adam Page comes rolling in with another new drink in his hand and uh, uh, kind of gloating the fact that they're tag champs. And uh, ultimately, we find out that uh, there's going to be an eight man tag match next week. So the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Blade Butcher. Uh, at the time, it's said it's it's said as a team of Blade and Butcher's choosing. We would later come to find out that that team is going to be the Lucha Brothers. So next week, Young Bucks, Omega, Page versus Blade Butcher and Lucha Brothers. So mark it on your calendar. That'll be good. Yeah. Uh, keeping it moving here, we get uh, SCU. They come out uh, all wearing uh, Kobe Bryant jerseys. So a nice little, uh, a nice little paying tribute there to, to Kobe. Uh, they go up against. Uh, I, I did not even. I knew these guys were in the company. I didn't even know they were a, a tag team. That's what they were called. They come out and uh, what do what they call the hy- the hybrid two? Is that what this is, Rush? Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I've missed them before.
3: Hybrid two, yes.
0: Sorry, yeah, they've been on a couple times.
3: Yeah, yeah. sorry. You talking about Jack? Uh, Jack and Angelico. Angelico? They've been on oh, yeah. more than a couple times. Yeah.
0: On Dynamite,
2: I think they've only been on
3: Jack before, Evans and so. and Angelico. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, they had a three and seven record, so what? The, whatever. Uh, SCU. Uh, right.
3: Yeah, they don't win. But.
2: SCU won one by pinfall. Uh, backstage, Dark Order, mm. <laughs> Uno. Says the exalted one is very angry with Christopher Daniels and he gives a warning out to Daniels.
0: It's, you know, if they're keeping this as a mid card thing, it's better. It's better than Dark Order taking out Omega and Young Bucks.
3: Definitely. And Cody,
2: you know? Yeah,
3: keep it in the middle, keep it in the lower card. Yeah. Yes, fine. I'm for that. So there we go. Uh, another
2: video, once again, nicely done, set in uh, by Pac. Uh, this is Pac outside on some steps and he just plugs a phenomenal promo. He did. Uh, talking about Kenny Omega's arrogance and we're, uh, oh, we're going to do everything at your convenience. Um, says he's coming for blood. Uh, props to the promo for real, like not being sarcastic, and then props mm. them now being sarcastic here. Props to Pac, who obviously was outside doing this promo. You can see his breath as he's speaking, and the dude's out there with no shirt and no pants on. I, I, I found myself thinking about that. So that's my compliment to him, is p- pulling the promo out. He and- started coughing. Yeah,
0: yeah. it was cool, man. I'll say who would have thought, like, when you heard the launch of AEW, that AEW would be the show with the cool promos and the cool vignettes and the video packages, and WWE would be pretty much all in ring, you know?
3: Walt Disney World, WWE is Walt Disney World, and um, AEW at the beginning now, not knowing what we don't know yet, being let's say like Six Flags, you know what I mean? Right. But as far as like, production would go, you would think, and all that kind of stuff. And that is not how it's been.
0: Yeah. I mean they had like ten times as many backstage segments as NXT this whole year with the yeah. and it's not that many, but it's and they've been
3: great. And I usually like a more straightforward wrestling show to be honest, normally, but AEW does a good job with their promo stuff. If it's a long promo, you can guarantee it's gonna be a Chris Jericho home run grand slam type of promo that everyone's gonna be talking about the next day. But their promos are generally not that long. That's yeah. the difference. WWE, the promos it was like Hunter coming out for 25 minutes and with Evolution and right. for like five years in a row, kicking off every RAW. Yeah. That is annoying and stale. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah these were fast paced. They didn't drag.
3: Yeah. No, they're perfectly timed. Actually,
0: Fox <clears throat> right. was crazy there. So I, I just built his character. I thought it
2: was definitely. Well. No, it did. It did. Uh, Fox,
3: Fox, very believable. And believe
2: it, and such a 180 from the days of Adrian Neville.
0: Where Vince wanted right. him to be Mighty Mouse for a while. Right, right. Well, you can right. see
3: why, good Lord, he looks just like him. He does look like If there was a real person, that was Mighty Mouse. Like, <laughs> a real version, it would look like him. Come on. He's
0: yeah. a 180 from that clean-shaven version, you know, when he had because you don't even notice his ears and stuff like he did back then when he was clean-shaven and he would have his hair back.
3: Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, yeah. All right, so main event time, six man action. This, of course, is combating NXT. Who's doing the Dusty Finals over on USA? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the six man tag is we got uh, Private Party uh, with Darby Allen up against Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz. A uh, good match, fun match. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of you know, who's a legal man here, but a lot of fun, a lot of a lot of good offense. Ultimately, Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz get the pinfall. And then after the match, uh, the rest of the inner circle, Guevara and, uh, or, excuse me, Guevara and Hager get into the ring, and they're beating the hell out of Darby Allen. They're uh, beating
3: the hell out of Darby Allen Using a until- skateboard, doing all these kind of crazy things with him with the skateboard. They're killing him. Yep. And then out comes Spirit of 76, John Moxley, eye patch and all with baseball bat. Jake's, Jake Hager takes one to the gut. And then he hits the ring, swings at Jericho. Jericho gets out of the way, rolls out of the ring. Then he continues to hit a couple of the other members. He finally clears the ring of all the inner circle, stands up in the top turnbuckle, points the bat at Jericho. They fade to black. Matt Morgan, yeah. I'm going to start covering this from now. Call yeah. it I'm in way the better ring. than yeah. you and Glenn.
2: Morgan calling it in the ring. Damn, that's but, awesome.
3: But 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 listen, um, what again? The eye patch. I can't get past the eye patch. Um. <laughs> But um, what was I gonna say? Oh, Darby Allen and his comeback! Holy crap, dude! Darby Allen's come his hot tag was amazing. Go back and watch it. That dude's body, like athleticism, is one thing. But watch, just watch. I don't know how to explain this. How he puts his body in all oh, these crazy, like how he ducks things, how he. Everything he does is different. I just don't know how to explain it because I've really never seen much like him before. I'm being dead serious. His speed that he does things with, okay, we've seen Kenny Omega hit the ropes and duck things similar with those slide, baseball slide kind of duck clotheslines that he does and grabs the guy's hips and then jumps up on him and does some crazy stuff to the guy. Darby's is different. His is just very different. I don't know how to explain it. He's super if I if I could tell anybody to watch something from this match, go back and watch Darby Allen's hot tag into this also the cell of uh jericho's uh elbow what's the name of the end? his finisher uh, judas effect J- judas effect the elbow was money that thing was awesome that we went into it and the cell from what's his name isaiah whatever his name is um from private parties you know doing the electrocuted arm hand sw- twitch because you know i guess he's knocked out but not really was little much, but I love the fact that the commentary team told us to look at it because it it was a big deal. It made it feel like a big deal on how he sold it. It added to the kid's credibility, selling it the way that he was. Devon used to sell things overly big like that with his leg. He used to do the leg electrocution, I used to call it, vibrating leg thing when he'd eat somebody's finisher and get pinned. I don't know. I thought it was good. There's a lot of good things here. I still think the guy, Isaiah. Um, what's his last name? Cassidy? What's Isaiah's last name? From Private Party? Jesus. Um, I keep yeah, screwing it I'm
0: forgetting it up. that too. Isaiah. Is, um...
3: yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not trying to be a prick, but he's the weak link between the two. He's still there's he's good, but there's still
4: yeah, he Cassidy. still
3: needs he still needs to improve. Because when I just put him over with the cell, how I thought he sold his effect really well with the hand twitch and stuff. So, not. And he started doing some cartoonish shit at, right after that. That was drawing my attention away from. The inner circle, standing tall, five hands raised in the air together. Little things that he's gonna learn as he gets better. That's all I'm out meaning to knock the kid because he's he's I'm sure he's young and he's got his whole career in front of him. Um I like this match. Uh just if Jericho wasn't in this, would you consider this a main event match? No.
0: Not yet. And I think they need to get Darby some wins. He's he's losing a lot on TV. Um, because I agree with you. I think he's got He's different. He's got a cool character. I think there's a lot they could do with him, but he, he didn't lose tonight. Well, the team, their team, did. Oh, he was yeah,
3: on the losing yeah, side yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he looked good in his comeback, though.
0: Oh, he look. He looks great every week. Um, he just always loses. So I, I just think, you know, get him some wins. He's someone that I think if you ever built like a cruiserweight title or a, a title for his smaller talent, you could build it around this guy because um,
1: he's
3: he's. You don't think you could steal stuff with him versus yeah you, he's, you, can, you don't think you can steal a pay per view versus Jericho with him if you built him properly? Yeah, the, if, it built, if it's built. The properly, moment
2: the moment see. you put him in a cruiserweight or some kind of division, he's you start. You, yeah, you start bringing awareness that he's smaller. He he is smaller, but his innovation and, and his daredevil recklessness that Matt was just putting over he reminds me of what I started to think and feel about Jeff Hardy in like two thousand. I was like, yeah. dude, this dude's a little
0: little crazy. Yeah, that's if you treat a cruiserweight division and which, you know, historically wrestling always has. But as we've seen in the UFC, Conor McGregor, the biggest star, those featherweight, you know, uh, that featherweight division when he was there wasn't treated as lesser than. So, um, you know, if they were able to do it right and promote it uh, on the same level where the cruiserweight title match would, you know, main event pay-per-views and things like that. Uh, it could work, but you know we haven't seen that happen in wrestling yet.
3: I really quick, Damian Cole, five dollars. Thank you very much. Says love you guys. What was your favorite spot of the night? Mine was um, um, Darby Allen, and this is going to sound very basic, honestly. But he, the way he does his dive through the ropes is not a normal dive. He does a tackle spot through the ropes. If you watch him, he propels his body through that rope and then goes. Chest to chest, peck to peck, like you do in a normal tackle spot on the guy, and he does it like a hundred freaking miles an hour. That dude is out of his mind, crazy, and yeah. I love him. He's he's probably like my second favorite character. I've got to be, I've got to admit right now on this show.
2: My favorite spot of the night over is on over on NXT. Dijakovic versus Damian Priest. You're talking about two guys that are legit six foot seven, and they did the reverse Hurricane Rana. Uh, I don't even know what the actual name of it is, but it was—it's just oh, like a,
3: crap. I should have said that. that was
2: yeah. yeah, and to see two guys at six seven pull that off safely—that uh, was spot of the night for me. I
0: agree. I'll I'll agree with that as far as wrestling move goes. Uh, my favorite thing tonight was Moxley's promo, and I liked that he didn't get his ass kicked by those 10 guys because he would have made he would have looked like an idiot for you know standing Going out, out there, there and then just getting his
3: ass kicked. Hey, so. really quick, was there one single? Can any fan figure this out for me? Was there any? Was there one single headlock tonight? In any either show,
0: uh, was there in the uh, Jude, uh, Judas Priest? I keep
2: calling him Judas Priest, Damian Priest. Uh, no, not in that yeah. match. But but I bet you, I bet you, I bet you, in the Finn match, there was that that, that went in a lot slower, more traditional pace. Oh, okay. I'm sure there was. Okay. I'm sure
3: there was because so. every match used to start with a lockup, <clears throat> you pull the guy in for a headlock, and then you work your way out of it and work into your match from there. I don't see that anymore. No.
0: Real quick, yeah. guys,
2: uh, what do you guys uh, think was the better show tonight?
3: AEW.
2: AEW, just, again, I don't like the Dusty Classic gimmick. So. Yeah,
0: I, I agree, AEW. I, this is the rare week, though, where I thought Raw was better in both these shows. Um, with, between yeah. the Rumble fallout and the Edge and Orton angle, I thought, uh, I thought Raw was the best uh, show this week so far. We'll see with SmackDown. A uh, couple of quick news items. Um, I'll wait for Matt on one of these. The, Samoa Joe um, legitimately hurt his head uh, when he took that spot on Raw. Uh, so they stopped the match. Uh, that wasn't part of the angle. Uh, it looked like it was cause Kevin Owens then got beat and it made him look strong because he was, you know, fighting two guys at the same time. But yeah, Samojo legitimately injured. Um, we'll see. There was a fear oh, that it can. might be. A Can't stay yes. healthy. Cannot stay healthy. I know it's, it, he was just hurt. He just came back last month, but yeah, that spot in that tag match where he's taken out, that was legit. He really, uh, hurt his head. So, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Concussions, you know, we've seen people come back right away, and we've seen people never come back. So um, him and AJ right now being out, uh, kind of the really bad timing. Obviously. Damn.
3: Joe got – was he in WrestleMania last year? Last mm-hmm. year was his first,
0: right? Wasn't yeah, last him... year was his first. He lost to Ray really quick. Ray got injured in that match. Uh, but, yeah.
2: Poor Joe, Joe man. Otherwise... Big paydays oh, yeah. He big Yeah, missing the paydays, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, uh also um, Edge, it, it's reported that uh, he was in talks with Aew before signing with WWE. he had a huge offer from him. So according to uh, the UK's talk sport, um, they were at the Royal Rumble this past weekend. Uh, they're saying Edge's contract is three million per year for five matches and um, 25 appearances. So um,
2: that's a you know I thought I'm it was sure. a minimum of three matches.
0: It, three is the minimum, yeah, but it's supposed to be five. But uh, I guess like the contract is null if he doesn't make at least three or or something like that. Um, so yeah, those were. Uh, oh, and uh, Matt, I wanted to share this with you because we talked about this the other night. The plan is for Charlotte Flair to face Ray Ripley for the NXT title at WrestleMania.
3: Ooh, that 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 does so much, so much. That brings NXT way the f up. Because oh. now you have your Rumble winner calling out an NXT champion. That's huge. That, that's a smart play. That is a very smart play.
1: Yeah.
3: And I called it.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think
3: <laughs> we <laughs> called it. <laughs> I called it. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Fans, Wait. Go back in time and you'll – you'll no, no, you did not. No, no we'll you play, I'll did I'll play not. it
2: back for you. I'll send it to you after we're done here. You,
3: did. you said it after I did.
2: Matt, FYI, I'll send it to you. Th- there's rumors of Undertaker Sting in the next Saudi show. I called no. it. I called no, it. No sting at the next Saudi show. I don't think it's sting against Sting and Taker next Saudi show. Uh, um, just
3: do their entrances and that's it. Please don't do this to them. This is not not being dead serious. Yeah. It's not fair to them.
2: Well, this is what we we're saying. It, it
0: should be an attack team like against the Revival or someone like yes. that. Sting and the Undertaker. You see the two legends together uh, one time. One yes, time the
3: entrance is really what everybody loves the most about especially That's cool gimmick over-the-top characters like Sting and, and Taker, and you want to be able to just take it in and say you've seen them wrestle live. Great. But there's no reason to do them like that. That really pisses me off that, that they still think they can do that to them.
2: Just a yeah. rumor, we'll see. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, last question that Chris is asking. Hey, guys, I got a question. Do you think AEW will ever get as big as WCW? I'm assuming he means WCW at its peak because it, I, I you could almost consider AEW bigger than WCW was in 92, you know, when... Uh, their average house show attendance was like 600 people. Uh, Okay.
3: Come on, dude. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about nitro and I'm nitro was everywhere when I was in college. No (laughs) offense. to WWF. It was cooler than WWF for, for, for at least in my college. It was
0: for like two years. Yeah. Once the NWO started Hogan turned heel, WCW was where it was at. Um, I don't see it ever. I don't see WWE ever getting as hot as WCW was back then.
3: Yeah. Oh God. No. Um, I hope so, though, to answer the fans' question there. you know, Let's hope so. We need it. Yeah. The, the, they need a – not a gauge, what's the word? They need somebody out there that, that's either kicking their ass or making them change certain things. I still think this is going to lead to health insurance for pro wrestlers, and I do think it's going to be AEW that yeah. forces yep. it in this direction somehow.
2: I yep. do. Great call, Matt. And, and, and the, the war in the 90s, It was Kevin and Scott helping introduce guaranteed contracts uh, all across the board. I think this this revolution will be what changes the business. I think you're right. I think it's going to be better better health insurance, or health insurance period.
0: And already Um, you're seeing the schedules getting easier. Uh, February they have so few live events, and you know you know January to March is the usually the hottest period. So, hmm. um, yeah, you're already (sighs) seeing changes.
2: All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, it's been an hour and a half of a lot of good fun. He's at BP Matt Morgan. He'll be back on Friday night for post Smackdown talk. He's at Raj Gary underscore three hundred three. He's running the site 25 hours a day. I'm at Justin LaBar. I'll be on the Wink Wrestling Inc. Daily tomorrow afternoon with Nick Houseman talking the headlines. It's been fun, guys. Make sure you come out. Rick's on the river in Tampa on WrestleMania weekend on that Friday, April 3rd, three to 5 p.m. Go register on the Facebook event group uh, until Friday. You'll see all see these faces then. Thank you.